Welcome to a special edition of the Technology Trust. I am your host, Ken Sachs. And I'm your host, Chris Colson. You know, Chris, the Federal Trade Commission reported in 2005 that 8.3 million people were victims of identity theft, and the loss was $15.6 billion. Wow, that's a lot of money. Well, that's why today we are going to talk about computer security, and we're going to talk about some of the security basics to help protect our listeners and also their computers. We're going to talk about antivirus software, anti-spyware software, Windows updates, and why they may or may not be important. And we're also going to talk about some ways that people can enhance the computer performance. So let's go ahead and get started and talk about antivirus software. What is a virus? A virus is a computer program that can copy itself and infect a user's computer without their knowledge. You know, most of the viruses today are Trojans. These are usually installed without the user's knowledge visiting websites, downloading software like games, screensavers, or even using peer-to-peer networks like LimeWire and Mapster. Yeah, we saw that a lot here recently where a lot of our uh, clients that were using LimeWire ended up bringing in very infected computers with all types of Trojans and worms. You know, I actually did that as a test. I had an old computer. I installed LimeWire. No less than 10 minutes, I had 168 different spyware applications installed. Needless to say, that computer was unusable and had to get reformatted. Well, what is one of the first things that uh, we have to make sure about with antivirus software? Well, first of all, you need to make sure that you have antivirus software installed and up to date. There's a couple software applications that come to mind, uh, which are McAfee and Norton. But did you know that there's other software out there like ABG, Avast, Panda, and Sophius? You know, Chris, we uh, standardized on AVG a number of years ago because we found that AVG used a much smaller footprint than some of the other applications that were out there. Uh, Some of the applications, by the time you booted them up, they were using 256 megs of RAM just to boot up. So that's why we standardized on some of the other applications like ABG. Uh, The footprint was smaller, and so the computers ended up running faster. What do you mean by footprint? Well, that's the memory that's required to basically do its function. As you know, antivirus is a program that runs in the background. It's resident when you first turn your computer on. So we don't want to be running a program that takes all of our available RAM because then we can't do other functions like run word processors, spreadsheets, games, and these type things. That brings up a good point, Ken. We've noticed in the past that when we have some of these other programs, some of the major name antivirus programs, they have so much software installed that they're trying to do too much, and the computer has actually come to a screeching halt. They have spyware, they have spam filtering, they have parental controls, and I've found that when one of these programs stop working, say for instance the parental control, then the antivirus and all the other programs stop working. So it's one of those things about not putting all your eggs in one basket. And how often do you recommend that uh, our listeners do scanning? I would recommend they do daily scans. Usually we recommend that we do over lunch. That's when the computers are usually turned on. We get a lot of questions, can the computer scan for viruses at night while I'm sleeping? And the answer is yes, it can if the computer is on. And what do we do when the software program reports its findings? Well, first of all, we just delete everything. We don't even quarantine it. We pass go. We don't collect the $200. Uh, go directly to the recycle bin. Uh, leaving it in the quarantine is only used if you're unsure what to do. But if it's a virus and it's identified by antivirus software, the first thing is to do just remove it. The one product that we found that works very well and has a very small footprint, as Ken mentioned, is AVG. AVG is available from Grisoft. G R I 
S-O-F-T.com. And there is a free edition for home use only. And I've used this on my computer at home, and it works fantastic. In fact, I even tried to put a small little test virus signature on my computer, and it found it immediately. Ken, you've used AVG for some time. Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, I have used AVG for a long time. You know, uh, I, I've been very pleased with it. I was using some of the other antivirus programs out there like McAfee and Norton. And I was really shocked to see once I removed those and put AVG on that AVG actually caught some viruses that Norton and McAfee did not catch. We will be right back after this short break. Don't forget to check out our website at technologytrust.podbean.com. Again, that's technologytrust.podbean.com. The next aspect of security has to do with spyware and malware designed specifically to infiltrate your computer system to steal information without your knowledge or possibly even to damage the computer operating system. We use a program from Sunbelt Software called CounterSpy, which does a great job of removing that software before it can adversely affect your computer. Now, there's a lot of other spyware removers out there. There's Adaware, SpyBot, and others. Some of their free versions are non-resident, which means you have to run those after you've already had problems with your computer, so you may already be infected. We like CounterSpy because it is a memory-resident application. It is constantly scanning, so as you're on the Internet, as you're opening applications, it's constantly checking to make sure that you don't have any spyware or malware on your computer. So that's one of the differences between a paid software application such as CounterSpy and some of the free versions that are out there. Uh, and for 20 bucks, CounterSpy is a really great investment. Ken, did you know that CounterSpy just won the CNET Award for the best anti-spyware program for 2007? That doesn't surprise me. We've been using CounterSpy for a number of years, and we've been very pleased with the company and also with the product. One of the other things that I noticed is just the other day I was out online. We were looking for a coupon for our local restaurant, and we had CounterSpy and we had AVG installed. Well, when we went out to the website, a virus tried to be installed on our computer. And AVG came up and said, warning, download a Trojan. And then CounterSpy also popped up saying that this download a Trojan tried to change our registry. So it's important to have both antivirus and anti-spyware installed on your computer. Excellent point. The next security topic we want to talk about has to do with Windows updates. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy about Windows updates, whether we should install them or not install them, because there was a point in time when Windows updates had a tendency to break the operating system. But as you weigh the risks versus the benefit of Windows updates, we do highly recommend that you do run your Windows updates. Typically, the Windows updates come out once a month, and we do recommend that you go ahead and run the Windows updates and the Office updates at least once a month to make sure that uh, you have an up-to-date operating system and up-to-date version of Office. Is there a way to automate that? It is possible to go into the control panel and automate the settings, but typically we do recommend that you go ahead and automatically download and notify 
but do not do an automatic installation. That can be very problematic, especially on servers. It's just helpful to know that there's updates out there. That's a good point. I've recommended that to one of our other clients in regards to that because if updates are automatically installed by themselves and then one day your computer stops working or starts having a fit, you won't know what happened. Whereas if you set the automatic updates to download but notify for install, you at least know that you installed those updates on a certain day and know where to look for any problems. Excellent point. Chris, in the few moments we have remaining, let's tell our listeners a little bit about how they can optimize their computer for best performance. All right. Well, there's one thing that you can do in particular. If you're running Windows XP, you can do a disk defragmentation. And what this does is it takes all the data on your hard drive and puts it all at the beginning of the hard drive and it opens up all the spare space. So it's not like a block of Swiss cheese where it's full of holes because you don't want your data to be written all across the hard drive. You want it to be sequential, one right after the other. Yeah, that's a very good point, Chris. And the defragmenter is actually built into the operating system and has been for several versions of Windows. Another option may be for our listeners to consider trying out a product from diskkeeper.com. There's a defragmenter available there. It's relatively inexpensive and performs much faster than the typical operating system defragmenter. Did you know in Windows Vista that the disk defragmenter is already set up to run once a week? Oh, that's good to know. Another thing that we can do is delete unused programs. And we have found that a lot of times computer systems will come pre-installed with a number of different applications. Many of these applications really aren't used by the clients. So by uninstalling, not only are you freeing up disk space, but sometimes you're freeing up available RAM. Uh, some of these things can be screensavers, games, and also some productivity applications. You know, there's another thing that's built into all the Windows operating systems except Windows 2000, and that's called msconfig. Within msconfig, you have an option to go into your startup tab and actually turn off some of the things that start up when your computer starts up. I don't know about you, Ken, but I get tired of waiting 10, 15 minutes for my computer to start up in the morning. So I've gone in there a couple times and just removed a couple things like the Adobe Startup or QuickTime or a couple of those things that we don't really need to use, but it's there just to try to make it more optimized. So not only does it make the computer start up faster, but it would also give us additional memory so that we can run our other applications much faster. Exactly. So what else can we do, Ken? Well, Chris, the other thing we can do is run the disk cleanup, but we have to be very careful because you don't want to accidentally compress your system files when you're running the disk cleanup utility, which is found in the system tools. Uh, because if you do accidentally compress the system files, it will significantly slow down the PC. There are other performance options available, and we will link to a video that shows our listeners how to set these options. There's a lot of videos out there on YouTube that if you do Windows XP performance, uh, you can find 15, 20, even 50 different videos, things that you can do to your computer. However, be careful with implementing some of these because they could affect your system. Uh, if you're going into the Windows directory and deleting files or deleting like the prefetch, deleting installed programs, just take caution in some of those things. We do this quite often with a lot of our clients, uh, so you can be rest assured that these will not affect your system. And of course, anything that has you change your registry, you should really stay clear of unless you really are familiar with doing that particular function. That's where we come in. If you need help, that's what we're here for. That's right. Well, we are out of time. We've talked today about antivirus, anti-spyware, and the things that you should do to keep your computer running in tip-top shape. If you would like more information, we would ask that you call the technical professionals at Stambaugh Ness Business Solutions at area code 717 757 
888-646-6999 and mention this podcast. And we thank you for listening. Call us on our voicemail line at 717-801-1527. Do you have tips that you want to share with our listeners? Do you have questions that you want answered on our next podcast? Call our voicemail line and leave us a message. We may post your voicemail on our website or in our next podcast. Again, that number is 717-801-1527. And we thank you for your continuing support.